Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. This is Danny Rocket. And uh, just a brief message, because you're listening to the ad-full version of the Sunranto Show. And what you should be doing is listening to the ad-free version by becoming a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash sunranto, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. You get your own RSS feed that comes early and completely ad-free. This show's going to be late. In fact, uh, I released this thing well, days and days ago, and you're missing it. Everybody else already heard it and has enjoyed themselves, but you're missing it because you're listening to this dumbass version. So uh, patreon.com slash sunranto. You get access to our show notes, your own RSS feed. It's only a dollar a month to sign up. At the $5 level, you get access to all of the my songs, all of the parody songs. They, you get them downloaded right to your uh, RSS feed inbox. And uh, there's different perks at different levels. But go check it out, patreon.com slash sunranto. Please join today. It's a worthy cause, keeps us running here, keeps us in equipment and all the stupid fees we got to pay to even do this show. And you can be a part of it. Otherwise, you got to sit here and listen to stupid ads, which you're going to do a couple times during this episode. So anyway, patreon.com slash sunranto. Please do it. Dollar. That's it. Here's the show. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Lucho Scali. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Michael Cotton. Let's go, Italian Stallion! What? Come on, 6 9 Sun Ranto! Okay, all right, Michael, you're going to have to explain what the hell you just did because <laughs> I'm like, Stallion, 6 9 I mean, I get the 6 9 joke. This is the Sun Ranto show all over the Rancher's page. By the way, 269s today for me. One was I had in, um, up, uh, backed up my entire computer with Time Machine in 69 days, and jalapenos were 69 cents at Aldi. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Yeah, really. Nice. Yeah, I had, a, I had a duo within an hour, too. It was pretty amazing. So all right, explain it. What's the Italian stallion? What are we doing here? No, uh, the, the game that was on yesterday, uh, Reds and Cubs, there was this woman – Sitting in the front oh, row. Oh, her. Oh, God. You're not going to give she her. she was screaming. You could hear her through the whole game. It was hilarious, but it was totally like, and she said it. She's like, oh, this is what I do at my daughter's softball games, you know, and so I'm just momming the Cubs right now. Oh, God. Taylor McGregor went down and talked to her, too, didn't she? I'm like, Yeah, that's, what, that's when she said it. Uh, that's when she said she was momming the Cubs. But it was great. They're on TV. She's interviewing her, and she said something like, 
talking about the front row and she's like, oh, no, I just walked down here. <laughs> so oh, those yeah. were not her seats. Oh, yeah. No, no, they don't. I mean, right now it's spring training, these day games in the middle of the week. <laughs> I mean, come on. The only people there are like, it's honestly the other uh, fi- the dumbass 15% that Lee Ely was talking about. Like these people, Crawley, Crawley and I were one of them. This last yeah. weekend. No, I just, I think it would have been hilarious if uh, the ushers would have been down, like walked down there afterwards and <laughs> gotten rid of her. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh, come on, lady, back to back to the bleachers yeah. with you, back to the berm. Yeah, but yeah, so the whole time the game's going on, and you can like you can hear her laughing. You can like it was like she was mic'd up. <laughs> she was on the broadcast so fucking much, and I don't know why it was so much but at one point they went split screen and they were showing the game and then just this woman sitting in the stands being like let's go let, let's go seven nine let's go double eights oh man <laughs> we've already given her more press than she deserves um, uh, i know but it was it was a wonderful it's one of those things that's only ever going to happen at spring training I don't know. 20, 2013 Cubs, you could hear individual fans. <laughs> Let me tell you that. You know. So, uh, well, welcome to the Sunranto Show. Uh, Crawley and I, anyway, are fresh back from spring training. We had, we had a, well, I don't know if you could call it, we had a great time, but I wouldn't say it was a particularly healthy time for our bodies, but we had a great time. And, um, well, Crawley, I just want to start, well, with your really awesome announcement, but should I just play... Uh, the commercial. Go ahead. And play then the you commercial. can explain what's going on. All right. Check this out, everybody. This is awesome. Hi, everybody. It's Pat Hughes, radio announcer for the Chicago Cubs. I am happy to announce the arrival of the Pat Hughes T-shirt collection with artwork by Austin Plock and including some of my Cubs radio phrases like, that ball's got a chance, gone. gone. And get out the tape measure, long, long gone. gone. These shirts are going to be available on my Baseball Voices website, Crawley's Clubhouse, that's C-R-A-W-L-Y apostrophe S Clubhouse, and through Autograph One. We will be releasing shirts throughout the season, so please keep checking back to see what's next. And go Cubs! How about that? Crawley, explain. What is going on here? A partnership between myself... Pat Hughes, uh, the guys at Autograph One who kind of represent a lot of your favorite players like Andre Dawson, Pat Hughes, Bill Madlock, uh, and Austin Plock, uh, who you know does such great artwork. We decided to kind of pull together just individual talents and come up with a uh, T-shirt for Pat Hughes. So we are going to be cre- – we've created the first couple uh, T-shirts. They're going to ha- uh, have different Patisms. Uh, the next one, that's that, the one that you uh, heard him say, uh, that ball's got a chance, gone, that one's out. Uh, next one being released is that uh, get out the tape measure long gone, and we're just going to keep rolling out padisms as they come along. Now, now you're going to do one that says, you know, the blue shoes, white trousers. <laughs> you know, we're we're red socks. I, you know, I'm I'm trying to do things on the up and up. So as long as I get permissions from the right people, you know, to use certain terms and phrases, then absolutely, you know, we're going to try to do all the things that everybody loves. Uh, John Greenberg of the Athletic saw. Um, the release of the tweet, which I released on Saturday, we released the shirts and he, he says he wants one that says trousers, how Pat always mentions trousers. So, you know, you got to get one with Pat and his Cosby sweater. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. 
Definitely. So, something that you got to flip. Is it, is it the same? Of course, pitch? you can't use Cosby in it anymore at all. You don't even want to mention that. Yeah, especially in the commercial. Be yeah. just like Bill Cosby and Pat Hughes. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to associate with that. But, it's, it's been, you know, Pat is such a nice guy. And, you know, for me, I just kind of wanted to just kind of sitting there and thinking, you know, it's like there's so many of us that appreciate all the little things that he says, you know, but like there is nothing out there, you know, like for people that were interested. So that's where that idea came from. So this is something that we kind of started kicking around in October and we, you know, finally all kind of got around to getting on the same page and here we are released and ready to go. So, all right, you know, so they can- and you can get your shirts there. And if you know anybody that's a big Pat Hughes fan, then definitely, you know, shoot it their direction. Yeah, it's cool. I want one. I want, I want the Red Sox or the Blue Shoes Red Sox trousers one. That's when there's, that comes there's out. There's a lot of them, you know, uh, the, the potential turning point moment is another one we've oh. kicked around and. And, you oh, get, yeah. and how do you how do you make it say potential instead of <laughs> instead of potential? <laughs> right. You, then, you put a little line over the O. <laughs> yeah, potential. <laughs> right. Wilson Contreras. <laughs> um, Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> no, he doesn't do that one, but he should. No, He's, he says Anthony. Anthony. Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> He does. I mean, you know, it was, uh, you know, the guy, my friends at Autograph One, they, you know, they, we kind of got the recording all put together. And it was just weird to hear Pat Hughes say my name. It was like, that, that's absolutely awesome. Say my name, say my name. Isn't that what you tell your wife? In, in bed, you're like, call me Pat Hughes. They say my name, but no, you're right. I don't know. Your, your wife in bed with you, it's got a chance. <laughs> Yawn. Get out the tape measure. Get out the tape measure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, we're off to a great start here. Um, and, uh, so that's awesome, Crawley. Congratulations. I hope you sell a lot of them. And uh, I'll be looking for my check in the mail for, uh, for, for advertising them for you in the last uh, five minutes of this podcast. Um, Bleacher Bum Band, it's officially booked. Uh, G-Man Tavern on the 30th, which is the home opener, 30th of March. At uh, We're going to play one till two-ish, uh, but, you know, show up at 1230 and we'll be we'll be jamming out. It's going to be a big fun pre-party, so come on out to that. And uh, also, I'm trying to make this Michael Cantor benefit. He needs a new liver, so we're going to try to uh, get him some money so he can focus on getting a liver. And um, April 18th, Nisei Lounge, which is turning 69 years old on opening day. Woo. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't Nisei know. Lounge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. But, um, <laughs> it, it, you know, but I think it is, though. It's like 1953. I think every year they should claim that. Yeah, New it's people six- will come in. It's, do you know it's her 69th birthday? Nice. Nisei. <laughs> um, anyway, that's... Uh, I, I'm going to try. There's a 3 p.m. game against the Washington Nationals. It's an away game, uh, but so we're going to sit and watch the game. But I had this idea, and I've reached out to a friend to try to turn it into a karaoke party. Because let me tell you, oh uh, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. Because if there's one thing we love on the Sun Ranto show, which we found out on Sunday Fun Day at Spring Training, it's that. Uh, we love karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love karaoke? And booze. I, know I do. And Moscow mules. We love those too. Um, 
So, yeah, that was a little snippet of Crawley. We'll talk about that in a second. We, I slowed it down to make you sound drunker. Not, not, not that you needed my help. You didn't need but, much help. Yeah. Yeah. We could play it back on full speed later. Um, but uh, anyway, karaoke party, 418. I'm hoping to turn it into a karaoke party. Don't set your wristwatch by that yet, but it's going to happen, uh, hopefully. And also, one, uh, a friend of mine, John Racanelli, uh, he reached out to me. He's, uh, I, I don't know if he's the president or a member of the Sabre Chicago group. Do you know about this? Yeah. They, yeah. yeah, they get together and uh, do, like, nerdy baseball shit, the sports historian stuff, you know? And uh, anyway, I didn't realize he was involved with this because I get their email. I'm like, oh, so that's how I ended up on the fucking list. <laughs> and then, uh, but he's like, hey, I, I got this cool thing coming up on March 14th. And I'm hoping that you could maybe, um, that's Saturday, March 14th. It's in downtown Joliet that maybe that our, our listeners would be interested in. It's the Sabre Chicago Hosts Baseball Book Fest and Chapter Meeting. So, and it's free. So it's in Joliet. I don't know who who listens to this show that's down near Joliet. Um, I'll also put this on the Ranters page, by the way, and just you know let everybody have something to click on. But it's from 10 a.m. to noon, so it's early. And the following authors are going to be there with their books. Excuse me, um, Sherman Jenkins, um, the uh, talking about uh, Ted Strong Jr. Uh, his his book, which is about the original an original Harlem Globetrotter and Negro League All Star. Bill Liebforth's book, Baseball's Forgotten Black Heroes, Gregory Wolf's Wrigley Field, The Friendly Confines, um, and also he wrote one about Comiskey on a sportsman park, but who cares? Um, Herbert, <laughs> Herbert Gould's The Run Don't Count, The Life and Times of Frank Chance. Oh, well, I hope the Frank Chance guy gets along with the uh, Baseball's Forgotten Black Heroes guy. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, <laughs> you have to sit. Awkward. Sit Awkward. Um, he's like, Frank Chance was the greatest player of his generation. <laughs> he was a racist. No, no, no. But it was Cap Anson. Oh, that's right. Frank Chance. Yeah, it was Cap. Oh, that's right. I mean, Frank Chance. I mean, a good chance. Good chance he was also yeah. racist. That's but, right. Uh, Cap Anson was the one that drew the line. True, true. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing up my racist um, old <laughs> <laughs> racists and Cubs. Anyway, there's a there's a couple more uh, authors that are going to be there, and then they're going to have a meeting at one o'clock. I think they have a lunch. Uh, it's it's at uh, let's see where it is DuPage Medical Field, home of the Joliet Slammers, and also because it's a medical field, probably going to be a quarantine site for the coronavirus. So uh, look for that. Um, anyway, it's it seems like a bunch of baseball people talking about baseball. It seems pretty cool, it's, you know. Anyway, check it out. Uh, it's the Sabre Chicago if you want to look it up, but I'll post it up on the Sun Ranto Ranchers page, which if you're not a member of that and you are on Facebook, I don't really see any, any other reason to be on Facebook than to be on the Sun Ranto Ranchers page personally, but um, get over there. Join. It's secret. You have to find it. All right. Uh, spring training. Now uh, that's a little bit of Crawley singing shout. Um, man, did we have a great time out there. Now, Crawley, it was your first time. Uh, I interviewed you on Sunday Funday when we were at the Club 400 tent, but I think that your initial experience, because I'm old, jaded, and bitter, is probably the better experience to talk about. Yeah, you know, I, you know, for years, everyone always, you know, assumes that I've been to spring training because I love the Cubs so much, and uh, just... 
you know, for me, timing wise, it's just never really kind of worked out. And so like people, you know, they'll hit me up on Twitter. Hey, Crawley, where's the bars to go to? Where do you, where do you do this? Where do you that? I'm like, man, I know nothing about spring training. <laughs> you, you still don't know because you don't remember where you were. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I kind of, it was a last minute. John Felice, uh, you know, invited me out um, from Real Cubs Insider. And uh, he was kind enough to, to uh, kind of put me up for a couple nights. And uh, we, I flew out there and it was, we got there, I got there Friday morning went to the backfields and just spent a lot of time kind of just taking it in, soaking it all in. Just so beautiful how, you know, the, just how the way the f- backfields are all organized and just seeing some of the players out there, a lot of the minor leaguers in the backfields. Uh, you know, John Arguello way was, you know, I got to see that sign, which was something I really kind of really was something I wanted to do and just pay my respects there. Um, and then, you know, just watching, man, it was just so much fun seeing live BP and that kind of stuff. And then, uh, we joined up with the heckler later on, Brad and, uh, you know, Joe Johnson from Obvious Shirts and all, all sorts of different people were, were with the heckler down there. And so we did a private tour of Sloan Park, which was a blast. And uh, Ryan Dempster came up and talked to us. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, we went out that night, which was a blast. And then was then we had, what, Saturday? You flew. You, did you come that, in Friday? No, Saturday I, I came in Saturday. I came in Saturday morning from San Diego after seeing my nurse in Frozen. I went straight from the airport to the ballpark and threw my uh, my bag up in the Club 400, one of the Club 400 automobiles, and started drinking. <laughs> you know, and then you got the Club 400 tent, which has uh, which has a monster cooler full of Club 400 beer. Uh, JP is making these awesome pizzas that we're just devouring nonstop. Tavern it's style. Just a blast. Yeah, total tavern style. It's his own recipe. They're homemade. Uh, they're so good. Yeah, thanks, JP. I don't know, if, we, J- I don't know if he listens, yeah. listens, but he's fucking, he can cook a pizza. You know, and it's just so much fun. Like, you know, you're just so tired of this cold and not seeing the sun. And there, you know, we actually got a really great weekend. It was in the 80s and stuff like that. And it was just gorgeous with the sun out and, and beer and baseball. Like, I just, I could, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face, really. Yeah. No, I thought it was hilarious because you were, we were right, the Club 400 tent is right next to where all the players walk down this path that they go from the training center to the ballpark to go play. And, uh, you know, Crawley just got to every single player that was walking down. Hey, hey, let me get a picture with you. And they come over and get a picture. And I'm like, hey, Crawley, who was that? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But just, just to kind of clarify, you're not going to see any of the big name guys. They take a separate route. So most of the guys that you see are kind of non-roster invitees and stuff like that. But Yeah, I remember when I went and I had my kids with me. And uh, we were watching an Arietta B game. And, but there's players all over watching because all the young guys stuck around to watch him pitch. And, uh, you know, so my kids were walking around, like, getting, you know, autographs from people. I have no idea who they were. <laughs> and you can't read. A, you can't even read their uh, signature. So you're, you're like, I don't know, Schmerdy Schmerdishmersh? Right. Yeah. The, and one guy asked my oldest son, he says, do you even know who I am? <laughs> my, my son's response was, "Well, you're not Jake Arietta, because <laughs> he's out there, and right? He's pitching, and you're back here. Uh, so, no, it really, it really is a great time, and there's lots to do in Phoenix too. I didn't get to do it. I was it was such a short trip for me, so I didn't get to go to the Musical Instrument Museum. So, it, it, which is my favorite museum in the world. So, if it, any of you guys listening are still going out there, that that is. If there's an off day on your vacation, it's definitely something we're taking taking in. 
And um, and also, like Crawley said, the backfields. Like I remember a couple years ago, I sat and watched a bunch of minor leaguers do a bunting drill for like an hour. You know, and I was just I was mesmerized just seeing them go up one after one after one and, you know, figuring out what they're trying to do and how they're trying to do it, because it's rare that you get to see professionals practice their craft. And the, and, and I don't know, it's a little just kind of behind the curtain scene that I, I dig. I did not do that either. Go to the black yeah, back, the backfields. For me, you know, I got to watch some live BP. So I got to watch Jose Quintana and uh, Craig Kimbrell, uh, all, you know, you know, pitching to live batters. And then there was uh, David Ross, Rick Sutcliffe, and uh, Ryan Dempster behind the uh, backstop just shooting the shit. It was just so much fun to watch as a baseball fan. Yeah, and the Cubs are really – I wanted to talk about this, too. They're bringing back everybody. Like, Lackey was in camp. Ben Zobrist was in camp. I mean, and then, you know, like you mentioned, S- Sandberg. And, well, Sutcliffe is working for Marquis now. But and is Sandberg? Because Marquis hired everybody, too. Like, it no, is just – Sandberg does not have any role in Marquis. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure his hair club commercial will be on there <laughs> eventually. Uh, but no, they, they've brought back everybody. Like you know, David Ross is really bringing back all like you know the hits of hits of yesteryear. Right now, I it, you know I. It seems to me, they, and I was there during the Madden camps, and those were you know respect ball. Everybody's shaving their head, and they had a lot of team spirit. Of course, that got kind of tired after a while. I didn't go last year, so I didn't see that you know them not training, which uh, you know, which is what they've all kind of uh, accused of themselves of of is not being ready last year. But this year, I did feel a switch in the vibe just being there, and I and you know everything we've heard has been that it's going to be you know kind of all right. We're going to you know put our nose to the grindstone and we're going to run through walls with David Ross. But I really do feel like it was still they're still having a lot of fun together and that's, you know, probably has something to do with Ben Zobris being out there and Lackey coming back and, you know, and, and most importantly, David Ross being their manager because a question though, you don't, do you remember how, remember though, that press conference where Theo kept talking about not living in 2016 anymore, you know, and kind of moving on. Yeah, from that. I know. I know. I, it, yeah. Now, now I, trust me. I don't mean to be a hater and I love, you know, Trust me, my favorite Danny Rocket song is is a John Lackey inspired song, and you know Ben Zobrist is one of the nicest, greatest players I ever met. He is like the anti Albert Elmora, you know, and uh, all these guys that are coming back. But I mean, just kind of weird when when that was a big speech about how we got to move away from that, and then all of a sudden it's basically the twenty. I'm waiting for Dexter Fowler to pop out of somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah, he'll pop out of the St. Louis Cardinals dugout sometime in April. When we play them. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's it, it, it's just, I don't know. The vibe seems different, but the same. Like, it's transitionary. But, you know, what I'm kind of seeing is, I mean, the Cubs have like 50 pitchers in camp right now. And so there's a lot of dudes you've kind of never heard of. And I'm like looking at my phone to see, because I don't know the numbers of some of these guys. And I'm, you know, looking to see who's out there. And I'm like, oh, who the fuck is that guy, you know? Um, I'm trying to think of an example of a player like, uh, I don't know, like Meckis or somebody or like Cody Simpson or, you know, uh, to Miller, you know, Tyson Miller. Like, so one of those guys would be out there and, you know, I'm just like, oh, this looks pretty good. You know, this guy's doing okay. And I'm like trying to, you know, just trying to, 
you can't really see what you're looking. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I don't know what I'm looking at from afar in the stands watching these guys or even on TV, Jason Adams of the world and the CD Pelhams and stuff. But there's a lot of arms in camp and, and not and only three of them are going to make the team. And I'm and I'm thinking to myself, OK, this pitch lab thing better work eventually, because, you know, what I'm hearing out there is that, you know, everybody's loving the um, uh, what's it called? The uh, not Pakoda. That's the stat thing. What's the uh, Rapsodo, the Rapsodo system that they're using? Like you, Darvish is using that thing now, getting his spin efficiency lined up with this spin rate. Like all this like nerdy behind the scenes shit is going on. And for some reason, I'm feeling that vibe. Like I see Al- Albert Almora standing up straighter and driving the ball differently. I see Ian Happ kind of, uh, well, I don't, I'm not, not going to get fooled by another Ian Happ spring training, but... Uh, you know, I just I feel a, like a different kind of nerdier vibe. Like I, I'm sitting there right in front of Tom, right behind Tommy Hadovy, and you know he's whispering something to Ross, and then he goes out there and he talks to another coach. I just feel like there's four guys gather around a Texas Instruments calculator, <laughs> exactly, and then they consult the speak and spell. But it's <laughs> but What's that it, called an abacus. Yeah, they they go to the, they go over the abacus, move a couple <laughs> dots around. But I, I just I feel that vibe going on, on as opposed to like, you know, kind of the Joe Madden more just kind of fun and games and, you know, ostriches on the field kind of thing. You know, so it's I don't know. It, it's a weird thing to feel that it's getting nerdier or like tightened up. But I see all these young pitchers like working on shit. I see all these, uh, you know, kind of veterans now like Rizzo still having a great time. Yet, kind of, I don't know. It feels like it's switched. Like, I feel like the players have more of a say with somebody like Ross because he was so close to being a player. I don't but know. at the same time, they may have more of a say or, or feel more in touch with what's going on. He is still in more control. Like, he's definitely like, yeah, you can do whatever you want as long as you're here at this time doing this at this time. You know, like... He seems to have laid down the law a little bit more about when people need to be there and what they're doing. One thing that I mentioned to great. Danny, because Danny was interviewing a lot of people on, uh, what was it, Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. So when Danny was interviewing people, the one thing I said, you know, I, like I said, my first spring training, but from my understanding of talking to people and kind of observing things in camp, there is a more business-like approach. So the thing like with David Ross bringing umpires in, you know, not just to call balls and strikes, but just to kind of get like that, just to try to simulate the game as much as you can. And you're, you're looking at the way that, uh, you know, some that live BP I was talking about, there's just a lot of things going on where they're trying to kind of really simulate things and get these guys kind of really laser focused for the start of the season. Yeah, and I and after the off season, and granted, I'm on Twitter, so like the off season looks like total dog shit, and it kind of was. So it's fair to say it was dog shit uh, because we didn't get anybody. But it, you know, what what, and we've been making fun of the pitch lab and everything and hit lab, but honestly, like it could actually fucking work. This is kind of how it felt to me there, and I was like seeing, and the pitchers were going a little bit longer in games. They were, you know, like. It used to be, and I know it's just a pitch count thing, but it, it seems like they were l- letting guys stay out there longer than they used to. They're working a little bit harder. It seemed a little bit more focused. It was just a vibe thing to me. 
and something that I don't think you pick up on television, but maybe you just pick up being there. I don't know. Just from being there in the past, it felt like less of a carnival. But, um, Michael, we missed you, though. Oh, I'm sure you did. We talked sure about you-, you all the time. We even cried once. <laughs> Um, yep, but you were wearing you were wearing the the cotton jersey. Yeah, well, it, which maybe, a cotton jersey is just a cotton t shirt. Yeah, well, it it, it might be coming too if Jarrell Cotton makes the team. He was <laughs> oh, out I know. there. He, he was out there. He just kind of kind of impressed me. He's a big, big, big. He's a big dude. But yeah, um, my illegitimate love child is making me proud. So a couple of complaints. You know, I the internet. First of all, they've got no Wi Fi at Sloan Park. So I noticed that on the marquee broadcasts, you know, all they do half the game is show people out on the berm, like hanging out, having fun. Well, guess what? I would like to show me out there hanging out and having fun, and I can't get a goddamn tweet out. I can't get a, a, a Instagram posted. So that's got to be fixed. And I wouldn't complain if the tickets were like ten bucks to sit on the berm like they used to be. But Saturday was fifty dollars. Wow. I mean, 45 with the fees and everything, but, you know, call that 50. And then, so, and then beers are still 10. They're Wrigley prices. You know, they're no cheaper than Wrigley. And you give us some fucking Wi Fi. This is, you know, 2020, and come on. Thought, you've built you've built the greatest facility in, in Arizona for baseball, and you don't have Wi Fi. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah. it just seems like, like you know, it is it is a really beautiful facility. It's not just like one stadium. It's a stadium with like there's a strength training facility with four practice fields and all this other stuff. And it's like Wi-Fi seems like the most basic thing you would think about having out there. Yeah, I'm sure they got it for the press box, but you know, they they need to do like a public Wi-Fi out there, or at least work with the phone companies to get some towers out there because it is it's worse than Wrigley, and that's hard to do. <laughs> because Wrigley sucks too. Um, so uh, one thing I'll say too, I no- also noticed that it was less populated than in years past. Now, granted, I'm there at the end of February, not during the height of spring break. But I showed up on a weekend without a single ticket purchased. And I went to every single game free because everybody, you know, there were people that didn't make it from the night before. You know, they go, oh, I got too drunk last night and I'm, I'm not going today. And there were plenty of tickets. There were still tickets at the box office. The tickets were under face on StubHub. So that's my other advice. Show up with no ticket and you'll probably get in. Stand out in the parking lot and somebody's going to have a ticket for you, likely. And if worse comes to worse, you just hit a scalper across the street or do StubHub. But, you know, it, it, it's not the hot ticket that it once was. The stadium was five years old now. 2015, 2014. I want to say, yeah, 2014. It might be 2014. Well, anyway, it's it's a beautiful stadium. Get some fucking Wi-Fi and uh, don't don't buy tickets. But um, the one thing I did notice about going around uh, Phoenix is that, uh, and all I went to a couple of different ballparks. I went to the Cubs' old facility in Hoho Cam, and everything's run by really fucking old people. Michael, you'd love it. No, oh. you would love like- it. So much. I hate the state of Arizona. <laughs> like just <laughs> just flat across the board. I hate Arizona, and that's one of that. And and I also hate old people. Oh no, there are this few is well people I like. There are no Arizona. If nothing in Arizona. If, if you're a new listener to this show, <laughs> um, it is well documented that Michael Cotton hates the elderly. 
<laughs> I hate old people. And, and this is why, like you're talking about, like they're slow. They're fucking not paying attention to anything. They, you know, well, they're and, grumpy about shit. And that's the, the biggest pain in the ass about Coors Field is all the ushers are old crotchety people. Yeah. They're like, let me see your tickets. And they're like, you can't even see, let alone see my tickets. <laughs> He's right. like, you can't walk down the aisle until uh, until after this batter. So we're going to get 50 people in a line and let them all go at the same time instead of one at a time whenever they want. I mean, this one usher yelled at me when I was I was out smoking and he's just like, uh, you weren't smoking anything funny out there, were you? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, uh, you know, just let you know that uh, if you're not a resident of uh, Arizona, you know, you're going to have some problems. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? This old dude's yelling at me. And yeah, what's he, a cop? No. Well, that's just it. These old dudes, you know, who knows what they did for a living. But then they end up there as ushers, and they give them even a little bit of authority. And all of a sudden, yeah. they are fucking cops, and they act like cops. And they're, you know, pretending they're goddamn Columbo out there, trying to catch fucking people smoking weed and shit. And then our friend Kathy who we went, we saw a bunch of the games, one of the club 400 crew, you know, we go to the, see the A's and Cubs at Hoho cam. She had two giant tent nails in her, uh, like clear plastic bags. She's got one of those stadium bags. that's clear. And she's got two tent nails in there from the club 400 tent. They didn't even fucking notice or they just, they just let her right through. Now me, I come back from having a cigarette just outside of the gate. I was already in the stadium. I go outside. Dude, I got the fucking pat down. They wanted my hat and shit. I was like, what the fuck? And meanwhile, Kathy's in there with like two stabby, stabby, stabby nails ready to fucking go to town (laughs) on the necks of the people sitting in front of her. So I don't know. It's just it's it's not it's not a well run or, you know, anytime you put old people in charge of anything, it's not going to be well run, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the Walgreens line is slow. <laughs> the line to get in is slow. Like, it's all just too slow. The geriatric umpires can't see pitches. Yeah. It's everything. I know. They just, I can hear Bill Sugas's heartbreaking. Right I know. Now. I just thought of him. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Uh, so, and then I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our crazy Sunday Funday nights, uh, where <laughs> dude, it was so much fun. I, and if you listened to the last Sunranto podcast, or if you have Patreon, it's you, only- may, you may never hear that if you don't have Patreon. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you go out there because. You want to hear these drunken fools rolling around Phoenix oh, in the God. middle of the night. Just unacceptable. Well, <laughs> so we go to the – we drink. We go to the game. We drink a little bit more. I run and I meet my cousin. I drink with him. Then I meet Crawley at where – where the hell were you guys? Some strip mall somewhere. So yeah, some beer emporium. Yeah, yeah, something. beer emporium or whatever it was called. So I show up at beer emporium and Crawley's like – I got cut off. Buy me a Moscow mule. 
<laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I go up and I'm like, yeah, give me a vodka soda and a Moscow mule. And I show up and, and I hand it to Carl. I'm like, so why'd you get cut off? And he's like, oh, <laughs> fucking no. I was like, oh. And you were the only one. Everybody's slurring. And, like, and I, I was too. Um, and it was the dumbest thing. I'd never been to the place before. You know, I've been drinking at that point for about a good solid ooh, eight hours, eight, nine hours. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I had to take a pee. I didn't know where the bathroom was. So I went down a hallway and I turned into the kitchen uh, and, then, and then the guy got, you know, like I said, it was a strip multi place and the guy got all kind of flabbergasted. He's like, Hey, you're cut off. I'm like, for no, what? are you sure you didn't pee in the fryer? Before. I cannot promise anything right now, but I can. I'm pretty sure I didn't. I've got. I didn't post all the videos I have of that night. I think there's some stuff that needs to stay back. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Crawley peeing in the fryer is one of yeah, them. He's it, he's patient zero for uh, Phoenix coronavirus. So, um, because it was actually Coronas that he was pissing out. But I've I've got. Do you remember arm wrestling that woman? <laughs> I do not remember that. I cannot. I cannot for certain say. How did I do? Uh, well, I don't know. You kind of cheated. <laughs> you know, you like you were like one, two, and then you like. If, well, I don't know. It's it was all random. You guys, you weren't trying, but you were. I don't know. It's it strange. We played fake baseball with a, a very drunk man. And I saw uh, that video. Yeah, he was. That, was he the one on the podcast saying he was throwing a hundred mile per hour? Yes. That was him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I didn't even listen to that podcast. I didn't listen. To, I didn't edit anything. I just I I hung overly put it out on Monday, and I was like, oh shit, what's even on that thing? <laughs> and I kind of like bounced around. I'm like, all right, we're shit faced, but we seem to be friends and not feel like doing fuck totally fucked up shit. But yeah, Kay's place. Um, definitely. And then you woke up the next day with a bruise on your face and that you had no idea how you got. <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. Somebody punched him out at Kay's place. Cause I don't remember getting home from there. And, but we don't think that's what happened. No, 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 I know. I'd bump my head when I was at, when I went back to, um, to John's place. Yeah. I don't know the steps, the housing, how it worked. I'd kind of stumble in. <laughs> I don't know how steps work. <laughs> not at that part of the night in fact <laughs> at that part of the night crawley didn't know how lyrics worked uh, <laughs> you know like so good uh, dude i all i hear is me i had a great time and all i can hear on that tape besides you hilariously singing karaoke is me laughing hysterically the entire time till my throat hurts like until i can't even do it anymore i was i had such fun if it's you, me, Stu, and Sir William going out, oh. there really is no responsible party there. There is. The, well, thank God Kathy was driving us around, and thank you, Kathy. Oh my God! Without you, we we might be stabbed. <laughs> well, well, we had we had Kathy to fight people off with her tent stakes. So oh, that was that. There's that. That night is is one of those epic things that unless you really truly experienced it, there's no way you could really truly understand what happened i hell i barely understand what happened that night but it was we woke up the next morning we went tailgating again that was the day i was leaving so i you know i i went to say goodbye to everybody at the club 400 tent and all we could do was just laugh it was like uh the movie the hangover where you're looking in your phone trying to figure out the pictures of what exactly happened oh yeah oh no then and no there was i didn't remember any of the videos i took that i started posting i i remembered certain bits of it like that dude pitching and Stuart hitting and 
him checking the runners and the bartender being mad at everybody. And like, I, I, I mean, it was, it, you know, as you wake up and you're sideways on the bed and you're like in your clothes, one shoe on and you're like, Oh, what happened? You're like, you're, you're, and, you're Andre Dawson coming out of the Ivy. Yeah, so, it, was, it was it was one hell of a night. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Well, as a guy who was in a rock band for a long time, I must admit that I've had quite a few nights that went like this that, you know, I kind of feel like I almost died, but I somehow pulled through. So, but that that was uh, the one in most recent history that I had the most fun and laughed the most at and you know. Anyway, uh there was baseball. I guess we could talk about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, it's, right. yeah, but instead of our drunken escapades, um <laughs> So the Cubs lost today. Uh, they're five, eight, and one. They finally they they flew the tee yesterday <laughs> with the first tie of the season, which was a comeback tee. So that was yeah, nice a to comeback tee. <laughs> so that was good to see. And that's the motherfucking tee. Yeah, and uh, they but you know to put everything in perspective, and I think we've all learned a lot over you know hitting it hitting spring training narratives too hard. Is that you know they were eleven and nineteen in twenty sixteen, so it's probably good that we lose a lot of games. So, you know, we're, on, we're it, on pace to do that right now. <laughs> Five and eight. You know, it really though you you got to take a look. You know, you're looking at individual players, and you know we'll go over some of them. But you know, a lot, a lot of times, like the guys that are really messing up or screwing up the games are guys that you're never going to hear about or stuff like that. So That's it's it. not. Well, and like the one game they lost because uh, the Rockies scored five in the ninth off of Dakota Mecca's. Yeah, yeah, know, and and you you end up here like today, you know, who gave up four runs? You know, now obviously the Cubs didn't score, but Jason Adam gave up four runs. You know, I mean, it's not somebody you're like, you know, you don't you don't really panic when the guys that aren't score that are giving up all these runs are guys that are probably not going to be on the team. These yeah. guys are kind of getting a look. Well, not that I want to get into Dakota Meccas and Jason Adam. The thing that's interesting to me is that when you see Dakota Meccas kind of screwing up and it's still kind of early in spring training and, you know, guys are gearing up and you don't know what you're looking at exactly. But when you kind of have hope that this guy might be good and a bit of like a pitch lab special, you know, at that point, you know, you when you see him fuck up, I do get disheartened. I would, I won't, I'd be remiss to say I, I don't. Or when Jason Adam, you know, oh, it, they're like, oh, he's throwing ninety four, ninety five. I'm like, oh, this might be viable out of the pen. And then like he gives up four. I'm like, well, maybe not. They just squared up and hit it a far way. <laughs> and you know, and um, you, know, you know, individual other, performances are right, yeah. Other times they're just practicing stuff. Like I said, these these games don't count. You know, they're they're working on things, and sometimes. Sometimes things just don't work out, you know. I mean, but I get what you're saying because the same thing happened today with uh, Dylan Maples. You know what I mean? It's like can't find you know, the play. He, he comes yeah. into the game, you know. He walks a batter, he throws a pick off and strike out, and then pass balls, and then it's like the whole like we're, we're it doesn't seem like he's gotten very far. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to know how little spring training means. I'm looking at the box score, and the corpse of Jack Brickhouse got one out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, throw in the ghost of Brickhouse. <laughs> Isn't he one of those zombie guys that comes out? Yeah. They went out there and like, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah what are the, the – what are the, the – uh, what are they called? The ghost of Wrigley or – 1908, Tinker's Devers to Chance. Yeah. yeah. That... Every time Brickhouse threw, it was, hey, hey. So everybody knew what was coming. 
Yeah. I don't know. Am I tipping my pitches? <laughs> yeah. Every time you say, hey, hey, it's a, it's a curveball. <laughs> so, uh, and then, I don't know. I, I enjoyed beating Joe Madden on Monday. I was at that game against the Angels. And, oh, you beat him? Well, I, I wondered did. how they pulled that through. I, I did cheer a bit, so. <laughs> but but it, it was fun to see him out there in, in, in the Angels uniform, and he was like, and you know, obviously the players love to see him. But that was right after, like, why does Joe Madden hate us now? Like, he was like, yeah, my restaurant would have done better if, uh, you know, if I put it downtown. But, you know, the Wrigley crowd just isn't sophisticated enough to fucking get my fucking draft here as far as food goes. You know, this just keeps (laughs) happening. Wait, Wrigleyville didn't like pink flamingos and fucking floral Hawaiian shirts? Well, they didn't want fucking specialty pizza, I guess. They would rather go to Yaxi's. Or yes, they didn't please. want uh, what was it Polish pierogies or, or Mexican pierogies or something. Is, is he wrong though on that? Like, like that restaurant was kind of out of place at Wrigley. Well, I mean, what's that place on the corner of the hotel? I never ate there, but uh, Dutch and Docks. Dutch and, I mean, it, isn't that kind of the same kind of thing, like upscale kind of steakhousey? Yeah, I've never been there either. Yeah, maybe that <laughs> closes too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just telling you. The, the, you know, I, 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 here's the thing. People get mad about what Joe Mann has to say, but at the same time, he doesn't give you those cheesy Bull Durham quotes like, you know, hey, I'm just trying to take one for the team. Blah, blah. He tells you what he thinks, and he tries to be about as, as straightforward as he can with people, and there's a little bit of an entertaining value if people like that, you know, if you don't want to hear the same old shit, you know. If you want to hear the same old shit, listen to Mike Matheny in Kansas City, and then you'll get, you'll get real tired of that real quick. I'd rather at least have a guy that's entertaining and somewhat quirky. Oh yeah, me too. And it, and it's a shame his restaurant didn't work out. It would have been nice to, you know, have his legacy be on the corner there. It's a, it was a little strange and awkward to open it and then open the restaurant and then he's out. You know, it's just kind of weird. It, but yeah, it probably would have done better downtown. But restaurants are restaurants. I mean, there's a lot of great restaurants in Chicago, and you got to compete with them. He had the right chef with that Tony guy. What's his name? Man, yeah, he, did, he actually moved back to Italy. The only, the only thing is, is that <laughs> he's like, I failed in America. <laughs> Went back to Italy. Gonna go milk again, cows again. The, the reason that you're you you know the reason that you were going there is because of Madden. You know what I mean? It wasn't because of Chef Tony. It was because of Joe Madden. And that's that's the thing is that if I think he would have opened it his very first year, and then all of a sudden they start kind of rolling things, you never know what happens. You know that thing didn't open until like you know halfway through his last season here. Yeah. No, he should have opened and the, it. Uh, Dude, that, should, that place should have been open. I mean, it, I don't think the hotel was ready and all that stuff in the building. I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was. That place should have opened right away in like 2017. And I, think, I think the biggest problem, I think the biggest problem was every time you opened the menu, it was a different lineup. <laughs> you, you liked something yesterday, but you couldn't get it today. No, it's gone. <laughs> what were you saying, Crawley? No, the, the 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 thing opened in 2017. That the whole complex Gallagher Way and stuff. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know for a fact it was 2017. Yeah, so he should have opened that shit then and like struck where the iron was hot, you know. And but he did not. And then what they started doing last year is they started uh, hosting different Madden events after the games. I know Eddie Vetter was there one time. Coomer, John Vincent, well, wherever you know, other, Vetter is, players, you know, Theo is. So. Right, and so then all of a sudden you have a lot of people coming in and checking it out and buying drinks, you know, and he he's, he does more of that. That place was really taken off. I think, you know, like you said, it should have been done in 2017. It should have been opened up right away. Yeah, 
And and it is there are a lot of restaurants around there, and it's not. I don't know. People that do Wrigley Field, they don't really think in terms of fine dining because you don't really want to fine dine when you're, you know, cosplaying Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> but I, I'm stealing that from Ivy Envy. I was texting with Corey from Ivy Envy about, you know, wearing players' jerseys and stuff. And because they called it cosplaying on their show. Yes. And I was like, it totally fucking is. Like, I'm Javier Baez, even though I'm a 50 year old fat man. <laughs> you know, it's. You know, it's just funny. Watch me, uh, watch me magically tag people. Um, so, are you guys enjoying this? I, you know, just getting into. You've been watching the games on marquee probably mostly, uh, Michael. Uh, are you enjoying the uh, mic'd up situation? I do. In in uh, it, it is so much fun to hear these guys joke around and talk. I mean, Anthony Rizzo is is like telling a story about how he used to raz. Uh, was it Chipper Jones? No, that, I, I, that mic'd up was during the ESPN game, wasn't it? Oh, well, right, but it's just mic'd up. Whatever. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear it. I was, but uh, kind of he's sitting there telling the story in the middle of a play. You know, like there's a grounder to second, and he's got to run over, and you know, and you know, he barely slows up on his story as he's well, making the play. Just, I thought it was great. Just the whole, you wait. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! He's saying that. And Chris Bryant can hear it while he's up to bat. <laughs> I know, but then he fucking fouled it off, and it could have been a fucking double. Yeah, no, it was. I'm just saying, fun. just you wait. Now, I, th- no, this, no. just you wait till something gets fucked up because these assholes are trying to fucking get. And I love it too. I love hearing from them too. It's a great entertainment. Baseball's kind of a long. Slow game. This is a little bit of you know respite from all that. I love it, and I love hearing from these guys and getting their personalities and stuff. I'm sure it's going to give us shitloads of material, but unfortunately, yeah. some of that material is when they commit an error or strike out because they're fucking trying to be funny instead of focusing on what they're doing. Yeah, I don't ever want to see this in a regular season game. I don't think that's the right place for it. You know what I mean? And I don't think that they want it in a regular season game. Like, I think the attitude would be completely different if they were forced to do this. It would be so much like spring training is fun, and that's what it should be. It doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Mic them up. Have fun with it. And then, you know, but when the regular season starts, take all that shit away. I don't don't want the fucking mic'd up bullshit. I don't want two innings worth of. Uh, talking to managers and not paying attention to the game. I don't want all that shit. I just want my regular baseball because that's really good already. I don't need the other stuff. Let me ask you a question, though, Michael, here, is that I get what you're saying, and, and, and I saw the clips of the game where they were mic'd up, and you had the interaction between the broadcasters and the players, okay? <laughs> I know, so, that was... That, that's where we're talking about like but but you know like you know Rizzo and and Bryant and all those guys they're talking throughout the whole game what if they were mic'd up with no distractions like it's you, do you get what I'm saying like without the people asking questions to kind of get you know what I mean because you know every time somebody goes to first base Rizzo's yammering and yapping about something I mean what if it's mic'd up and, and they kind of get some stuff and edit it so it's you know obviously like it's not anything bad or, well uh the Mets are doing that um Pete Alonzo has agreed to have first base like mic'd up. 
right? right. So it's going to be on the is base. He, so is he making a podcast up. just like Pete Alonso's podcast of all his conversations with players as they get to first base at City yeah. Field? Well, but, but the idea, I think, is not necessarily to catch it in real time, but if there's something interesting to show it or whatever. But, no, I, I think stuff like that, like not them wearing it, but maybe, you know, if, if you have a mic in the first base or whatever, and then Marquis owns all that shit, and they can put together fun little clips and stuff for right. their network or More stuff content. later. content, yep. You know, uh, uh, this week in mic'd up players, right? This week in baseball, but just for mic'd up players, because they used to do that on that show. Remember, like sometimes they would do that. Well, if you, uh, I don't know how much marquee everybody else is watching, but there's a show called 163, which is like a behind the scenes type show, and you know you could have a lot of that stuff in there. Yeah, and and so stuff like that would be great. I don't necessarily need a lot of that in game like i don't need them forcing it in the game like if it's mic'd up well that's what marquis is doing right they hap- just they just have like they had ian hap wearing a mic and so then there was that error with schwarber and then uh schwarber lost the ball in the sun and ian hap caught it and they had a little conversation that was not like len casper interacting with them that was just on the field stuff and then they found that and they like oh they're talking and they just cut that together and, right, and, and that's great. Yeah, for, I like that. You know, after the, I just fact, don't need it all during, like, I don't necessarily game. need to hear everything they're saying during the game. Well, uh, I would love this. What if you could switch your audio and just do, you know, switch back and forth between players so you could be like, oh, I'm going to be Hayward today, and you just have Jason Hayward's mic. And you don't have Len or JD or anything. You just listen to Jason Hayward the entire game. You flip back and forth. You're like, oh, I'm going to do Rizzo for a while. Oh, I'm not, not going to do Almora. I, it, that would be pretty great. That'd be fucking awesome. And you can just hear everything they say. Al, Al Mora's out in center field just quietly crying. And I'd pay money. Like, if I could, I would, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, Crowley, just Crowley and Corey hate me. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 um, you know, how, how great would that be? You know, if, and I would pay. Like, I think a lot, I think a million people would pay $100. You know? No, yeah, I, I think it would be great. I think the big, problem i guess the only problem i have is like what crawley was saying when they're talking to them and it's a sort of forced thing like they had during that same uh you know brizzo mic'd up situation they started talking to uh david ross and then ross was talking to rizzo and rizzo asked him a question and that shit was actually terrible yeah it was like the they were trying to be funny and it failed miserably and that's my thing is like i think that would happen way too often if they were trying to be funny and do that shit yeah and interact with each other well and the other thing that i kind of notice about the marquee broadcasts is and i don't know i don't watch a lot of games on tv i watch them mostly either at the ballpark or listen on the radio but 
you know, what I noticed was like tons of cutaways. Like they've got Taylor McGregor talking to that crazy mom lady. They've got her. <laughs> she, they, she was talking to like two British people who are trying to promote baseball in London. They flew them out here. It's, you know, she just, you know, every inning she's to, she got struck out by Clark. The other day, did you guys see that? <laughs> no. And she was batting, and she like had the mic, and she's like, "Well, let me put the." She did. She did just as bad without the mic. You know, she she couldn't hit. Um, but either way, like you know, she's the Kelly crawl. She's going to be you know roving reporter in the stance, but it's a lot. Uh, and the split screens, I can't stand it because I'm actually trying to watch the game, and now my focus is on the right side of the screen, and but somebody else is talking about something else, and I'm like, just fucking watch the game. Agreed. And I get what they're during, trying to do, but I'm I'm all for this during spring training, right? Because once you get past like the the second or third inning, um, you don't necessarily know who's there. You know, other things can be. That's kind of okay, but yeah, I don't want all that distraction, that cutting away. Like I said, I don't want two innings of going to the managers. Those interviews mid-game with managers that like ESPN does all the time. Yeah, they do it in the World Series, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I fucking hate that. You're never going to get anything from them at that point. You know what I mean? Like, in spring training, Rossi might have a little fun. But they're not going to in a, in a regular game. It's just a fucking distraction, and we don't need that. Yeah. Now, if you want, you know, if you want to put something together and you just – you know, Ross is talking to Hadavi and you have that mic'd up and, uh, you know, you come back from the commercial break and you're like, David it, Ross and, you know, and Hadavi were talking about this, you know, and it gives you get like a 20 second clip of something that they said. And then Len and JD, you can talk about it. Fine. that That's fine. I just don't want them cutting away, going interviews in the middle of the game. Yeah. yeah, the focus they should not it, be though. on the dugout. It should be on the field. Interruption time because you are not a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash sunranto where you get your own RSS feed and you get the show early. This version of the show is brought to you by our sponsors, Simply Safe. Now, with home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune, or there's the other way, and that's Simply Safe. Our sponsor, Simply Safe, is everything you need in a home security system. It's award winning protection, two time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. It blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells that alert you when anyone approaches your home. That could be valuable. Uh, in a, in, if it's a you know bill collector or somebody you don't like, you just hide behind the couch because they know they're coming. Uh, it monitors uh, when somebody enters the home. It monitors all motion. It monitors glass breaking with sensors that guard you inside. And you barely noticed it's there. That's what's truly remarkable is that you can set up this system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice, 24-7, and it's only 50 cents a day. No contracts. That's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. So what you do is you go to simplysafe.com slash team, simplysafe.com, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe, 
com slash team. You go there today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. That's like two months. And uh, you got nothing to lose. So go now. Be sure you go to simplysafe with an I dot com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. Back to the show. Okay, so why don't we move on to a segment we haven't done since last September, which is... So I picked up this rake at Home Depot. We got a rakes and flakes going. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's spring training. And these might be some of the most meaningless stats of the year. Hit the ass stat. We need the ass stat for this. Yeah, you know. But, hey, we're going to act like these are true predictors of the season right now. Yeah. Ian Happ, fucking MVP. Yep. Albert Almora, uh, he, he gets votes for MVP, too. <laughs> To to tell to just to showcase how meaningless the stats are, uh, these are stats from yesterday and today. They're totally don't make any sense because they're all wrong. But whatever. <laughs> no, well, they're uh, close. the first raker of the year, though. I mean, this it, it's a no brainer. Uh, the guy leads the team in batting average, OBP, and slugging. That was yesterday. Of course, we're talking about Javi Baez, baby. Yeah, he came out. He always comes out uh, in spring training playing hard. You know, it's him and Wilson Contreras both. Wilson Contreras pimping home runs on his on his first home run. He's pointing at the stands, you know, like acting like it's the middle of the season. Javier Baez, I remember even playing the field a cu- even like two years ago. He's diving all over the place. You don't see Chris Bryant doing that shit. He's like, eh, dude, it's spring. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. uh, but no, he's Javi really is having a great spring. Um, he's two home runs to tied with Almora and Hap. They both got two. Um, well, here, got, here's he looks the most great. Exciting he's mid-season thing. form. Yeah, but the most yeah, like he is. He's like the most exciting player in the league. But maybe he's become good at one of the most boring plays in the league. That's right. Javi Baez has four walks already in spring training. Yeah, and he's facing the the kind of good pitchers at the beginning of the game, too, because he's out of the game by the fifth, and so are pretty much every – I mean, sometimes you're facing the closer in the second, so Javi's facing that guy, you know what I mean? So – He's he's doing it against mostly legit pitchers, and I, I, you know, but the walks, if he can lay off, if he can lay off, oh, man, and he's been getting better every year, but if that guy, if he puts it together even more this year, and he gets more balls over the plate, like, he could easily hit, like, 40, he could hit 50 home runs. He could. I mean, if if you remember, and I know everyone's going to talk about the steroids with Sammy Sosa, it was real similar, you know what I mean, where he just had a, Sosa had a powerful swing, but it was that low and away slider that would get him every time. And same with Soriano, too. You knew it was coming. And, uh, you know, if, if Javi can sit there and get himself into some good hitters' counts where they got to put something down the plate, I mean, the guy can be just absolutely, you know, another – he can get have his MVP, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. If, if he starts to walk, if he gets up around, say, around 40 walks a year – he, he he will be a serious contender for MVP because that means that nobody can, you know, throw that low and outside and get him to chase like they used to in the past. And, yeah, 
They'll have to. It'll catch, be amazing. Yeah, they'll have to catch some of the plate, and he can hit home runs on balls over his head. So if it's anywhere close to the plate, Javi can make something happen with it. So the problem right, is, he just has to choose not to. Yeah, yeah. So any other Rakers? No, well, I mean, shout out to the uh, center field platoon of Happ and Almora. They have two dongs apiece and fifteen hits between the two of them. But actually, that has gone up to. 17 all right today i'm just i'm telling you this goes back to cubs convention it was it was the one thing that stuck out in my mind is theo kind of has these little things you got to kind of look out for and things that he says and i just kind of knew from the way theo was talking about ian happ more than anybody else that i kind of that really kind of sticks out in my memory that they expect ian happ they think that he listened to he if you remember he was uh, demoted he didn't make the team out of spring training last year and uh you know that was kind of shocking and he had and, a monster spring the year before and came out hit a home run on the first pitch of the season and then hit 200 well they 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 you know that was a, a shock and he was not happy about being there and but eventually you know kind of was doing some of the things that they were asking him to do and he started to look good when they called him back up. And, and you know, the hope is is that he really kind of took to heart what happened down there and really kind of broke things down a little bit. And, and, and you know, you're going to see a lot of them because you're going you're gonna to face a lot of right-handers, especially to start off the season. You're going to see a lot of Ian Happ. So, you know, the, this is a guy that you're really hoping is going to come through, and this is what Theo's banking on. First- well, and, and Almora has come back, and he's retooled his swing, and as Danny said, he's standing up a little straighter, and he's hitting the ball better. And now these two are in just a dogfight for that center field position. Well, do you remember the, the most— could make ex- them both tw- 20, way better. 2018, they platooned the guys. You know, it was Almora versus the lefties and Hap versus the righties. And I don't know if that's the best way to go, but it seemed to work out that year for the most part. And now these guys are a little more seasoned. They've got more experience. They're standing up straighter. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the problem for the entire time? Like, hey, Almora, you're slumping. You're slouching over. Stand up. He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, his, his piano teacher just showed up and she's like... <laughs> yeah. Quit slouching. <laughs> she wrapped him with a ruler. Yeah. Every time he got up to the plate. Yeah, see, Joe Madden needed to coach a little bit more. Stand up straight, boy. Uh, but, you know, I think that there's a lot of promise in both of those players, and they're both first-round picks. You know, it's like there was something there that got them drafted, and, and in, in a way, you have nothing in center field because we haven't had much in center field last few years since Fowler left really. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's like you might have everything in center field. And then I'm wondering who's getting traded and neither one of them saves you money and gets, gets you under the tax. So you kind of don't even want to do it. I know have pay, play some left. And I started thinking, well, maybe it's Schwarber that's on the bubble because he's, you know, a little bit more step or well, a lot more established than these guys than the other two and has more value and makes more money. Still, I don't know if he, he might just get you under the tax. I haven't looked at the numbers, but you got to wonder if you end up with Happ and Almora both being able to hit. Well, you can't play them both. Almora, well, you can. Hap can play other positions like second base, which is the other thing. He plays a little first, too, but you're pretty much penciling Anthony in there if, unless uh, you know he's hurt or something. But 
I don't know. I mean, it seems to me that Al Mora has lesser value from only being a center fielder. Hap can right. kind of play around. I don't know. It just seems like, and then you got Souza. Where are you going to get him in? Souza, out of all the guys, I kind of was really impressed with when I was out there. Like guys that kind of just like I don't know. I just kind of was just just. So I didn't have much expectations of Sousa coming in other than hearing funny Danny Sousa jokes on the podcast. I thought that was all he was going to be good for. (laughs) Exactly. But now all of a sudden, like I kind of look at it and I'm like, huh. He looks like a ball player, you know, it's a, and it's part of the vibe. It's a little bit of fresh blood. He's got some experience. He's been around the league. You know, he's not, he's not one of these flyer guys. I mean, he is a flyer guy because of the injury, but he's not, you know, one of these dudes that, you know, he, was, he has good pedigree. Yeah. He's got right. good pedigree. The, the he problem had a, right now least. is he's got eight strikeouts. Like he's right up at the top with strikeouts and he doesn't have a ton of at bats. Well, I mean, as far as the strikeouts are concerned, that's kind of what you expect from a guy that hasn't seen, you know, real life pitching for a while, you know? Right. That is so, true. That stuff comes to you and that's what this springs about, but it's just the way that he kind of looks and the way the ball kind of comes off as bad is just kind of just a little bit different. He also has an OBP of 474 right now. I mean, 16 at bats, totally small sample size. So, but yeah, the strikeouts are high, but he's you know, one of the highest OPSs on the team, or actually right in the middle. But yeah. but either way, what I'm my overall point being, so you got a lot of these guys, you got five dudes that are kind of starters. They are starters. They could be starters. They will be starters. I mean, that's kind of a little bit of a crowded outfield. It's not like you got this like. Right. Was, was Sousa uh, an actual major league contract, though? You know, I don't know. I mean, they only had two fucking major league contracts, and we still don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think Steven Souza was actually, and then the other one being um, Jeremy Jeffress, who actually also impressed me too. And yeah. it uh, out there, and so I, I mean, these guys are going to be on the team, and then um, there's also the Rule Five guy. Uh, Souza is a one year big league deal, just to kind of yeah, right. okay. it is, yeah. And then is Trevor Trevor Miguel is the Rule Five dude, right? Yeah. And so he's got to stay on the team. And um, who's the guy that they they took from us? Uh, it's got a cool name. I forget. The Mariners took him in the Rule Five. He's got to stay on that team the whole year, and Miguel's got to stay on our team. But I look at like these forty-seven pitchers that are in camp, and I'm like, man, I don't know if you know. We'll probably lose him, is what I'm saying. He's got to stay on the 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 uh, is it the 25 man roster or 26 man roster all year? Otherwise, he goes back Correct. to where he came from. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of arms. It's going to be interesting to see because you know maybe th- we outlined it on a show before that you know there's maybe only three or four spots, and as I said, 47 <laughs> dudes, you know, all on these split contracts. So Iowa's going to be. Full yeah. of guys, and and I bet you some of these dudes end up with other teams, probably. Yeah. Well, let's released. move on to the flakes here. We'll get oh, yeah, to yeah, a yeah. little That's more right. uh, pitcher we're... talk here in a second. Crawley, that sounds like you singing karaoke. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> it's so good. All year long, uh, Crawley. All year long. 
<laughs> you ready for this? So the big lie we all told ourselves was that Derek Descalso would get healthy and have a comeback kind of season. I we, think Daniel Descalso will too. We were wrong. <laughs> so far, his OPS is dead last, and he has six strikeouts, which is worse than any of the other like big leaguers, except for Souza now. Uh, David Descalso has been so bad that he doubled his spring training hits today and and broke the 100 barrier in his batting average for the first time this season. So I'm pretty sure Daniel Delonzo is donezo for the rest of his career. It seems that way, right? I mean, I know he's the but he's the guaranteed contract. Yeah, you owe him a lot of money. Yeah, he's the guaranteed to be sitting on his couch making money this year. <laughs> he's the guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there is no way. There he is not making enough money to at any time say we have to give him one of the 26 spots. There's no fucking way. They are going to have to suck this one up and send him home. Like there's there's nothing to be done for him. He's got two hits. So he's going to be getting 2.5 million in 2020 and then the team has a 3.5 million and there's a 3.5 million option in 2021 with a 1 million dollar buyout. Yeah, he he's say. getting 3 and a half million to go home. Because he's doing nothing. Well, it seems that way, right? Because they bring in Kipnis who isn't doing much better so far, you know, but he maybe we're seeing what he get he has in the tank still. He's he, not as much as a statue as Descalso is at second. Yeah, I I think he's probably a a better fielder and and maybe I mean, well, Descalso's been terrible as a hitter for us. I mean, it just seems like one of those mistake contracts that they never should have done. They pay they overpaid him for, you know, what he's given them obviously. You give them yeah. the benefit of the doubt on the last year on the injury and maybe playing through it. They fire the whole training staff because of shit like that. But I don't know. It does seem like now that is the more interesting story, I think, too. And we can just talk about this real quick about because we're talking about the Scalso second base because we don't really have a second baseman. And it feels like even though Nico, man, he he never has felt overmatched to me. When he's been out there, like even when he came up last year in that emergency to play shortstop when Javi went down, you know, he did not feel like a dude that did not belong. He seemed like somebody that belongs. And I bet you they're going to want to get him more at bats in the minors because they can. But then you're stuck with your Kipnis or I guess Ernan Perez, who I don't know. Ernan Perez has the lowest yeah uh, OPS he is tied with uh Daniel Delonzo at 388 for the lowest of any big leaguer the only person lower than them on the team is Corbin Joseph you know that guy he's also a second baseman yeah he plays a lot yeah he's got 22 at bats yeah he's in there that a ton only Ian Miller has more at bats than he does uh for the season so far, and uh, yeah, he's not good. Well, there's another guy they're talking about for the 26th man, and he's also an outfielder because he's a speed guy. If you go that direction instead of extra catcher, which we, you know, on this show, you I go, say you, you just make the, tw- the 26th man a sixth starter. 
This is six no. You can only pitcher. have th- you can only have thirteen pitchers. But yeah, you can still do that. But I mean, you could do that. I mean, he could be a long man or a starter. I mean, you can always go to five if you burn him because somebody else sucked. I don't know. Good. Or you just keep rotating that guy. Brewer. St- well, and that's the other thing. We'll talk about the rotation in a second. But you kind of have a ton of. You got the number five competition too, but let's finish with the players, and then we'll we'll get into uh, yeah throws as well. But I I do want to ask you before we move on from uh, Daniel Delonzo, I mean Derek Descalso, um, who's playing second base um, opening day, or let's say like the first month of the season. I think it's going to be uh, Bodie and Kipnis because Bodie's the other one. Uh, I'm going with Bodie on that one. You think Bodie's going to get there? Get the majority of the starts, let's say in April and May. I think yeah, so. I could I could see it being Bodie or Kipnis with the other one on the bench. Like I think they both make it and, and, for whatever reason. And again, you owe Bodie money. I mean, it's, it's it's I know it's not our money, but we can't just keep sending people home that we owe money to. And when you're trying to get into that two hundred eight million dollar luxury tax, right? Bodie does have options though. He still has options, so they can send him down if they want. A guy like Kibnis, a can't. But he's more so, valuable to the team than, you know, well, obviously Descalso. Kip- you could play Bodie. Like I said, Bodie, you could play at second. You could play him at third. I mean. I agree with Michael that Kipnis and Kipnis makes this team, and it's possible Daniel Descalso does not. And I think Nico does not. I think Nico does not only because you've got a little bit of a log jam there. And he's, I mean, he's the Iowa shuttle away, right? I think we see Nico Horner this year. He just doesn't break camp with them. Oh, yeah. I think he might be the dude that comes up in July or something, you know, like when Schwarber came up or when Contreras came up that one time. And hopefully right. he, can play well, he as- comes up at the trade deadline after they get rid of, you know, all of our favorite players. And then they're <laughs> like, but remember this guy? You liked him too. Yeah, after Bryant's traded. And they move Bodie to third for the rest of the year. In their in their one game out of the first place. So uh, how about... Who's your thrower? Uh, there's like literally no numbers to help with this. And I'm just going to give it to you, Darvish, because he's already throwing fire on Twitter and from the mound. So that's it. There's, there's nothing to say. I'm, the, I'm, the pitching I'm, numbers are ridiculous. I'm feeling a monster year. 98. Through like six, seven pitches, different kind of curveballs, uh, different kind of fast. I mean, he's got he's got nine pitches. Twelve. He's, he's 12 racking up bodies on Twitter. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, he's feeling himself, and I really feel like this whole Astros because he got fucked so hard in that situation. He lost millions and millions of dollars because the Houston Astros are cheaters, and now that he sees what happened, I think it's going to be like the U revenge tour. Right about now. Yep. I'm feeling it. Yeah. I think I think so. He's, and he was talking the other day about the stats guys in the pitch lab and all this and and how he thinks it's like it's light years ahead of what they were doing in L.A. and in Texas. And he was like, yeah, they. I went in there. They showed me how to do it. And now he runs all of his own stuff. Yeah. So like he's not only just getting numbers and and talking with these guys, he's using it himself. Did you guys read the Sahadev Sharma article in the Athletic? 
about the because I was I know they were talking about it over on um, Cubs related uh, on the podcast about you Darvish's spin efficiency versus the wait spin rate spin rate versus efficiency and it's one thing to have rate which I somebody like Alzali has yeah like a super inefficiency inefficient spin I don't even know what that means yeah well it means it be, <laughs> inefficient it, spin well you ever see like if the guy throws a fastball. And it seems to rise at the end and throw the hitter off timing wise and also like his, his eye level, either he fouls it or misses. And it's like that, that rising four fingered fastball that if you're efficiently spinning it as opposed to just spinning it, it's one thing to, and he, all he did was move his fucking thumb. He moved his thumb and twisted his wrist and it made all the difference. And that's what this rap soto machine over in, uh, I haven't played the drop. Welcome to Pitch Lab. Bienvenidos a Pitch Lab. Um, <laughs> you know, it's I mean, but he's down in Pitch Lab with the fucking beakers and the Rapsodo machine and the smoke coming out of the beakers, and he's he's learning. I mean, he's already got nine fucking pitches. He's going to end the season with twenty. <laughs> he's, I know. he's like, here's the four single, here's the four finger knuckle curve. You know, it's like shit you make up as a kid. You're like, here's the Bugs Bunny pitch. Yep, Dude, he's going to remember, though, that's what he did last year is he learned from uh, Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, in yeah, the middle of the season, a knuckle curve. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's just like something people don't do. They don't just like, I don't know, that. I, that's unreal. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to have his own personal catcher, and they're going to have to go find somebody that has eight fingers on each hand. <laughs> because there's no way they can give you can catch well, like the six-fingered man from Princess Bride. Yeah, they're actually going to start grafting fingers onto like, the, on the dude's Wilson, wrist and under, all sorts of shit. Yeah, Wilson Contreras going to get a fingerectomy. Um, <laughs> yeah, do you know who needs a his own personal catcher? Is Dylan Maples? That might be effective if you could find somebody that could just figure like <laughs> figure out how to catch Dylan Maples. Right, just knows like and watches wind up and know that the ball is going to be four feet outside and go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, where were we? Oh, we're, blows. Oh, we're on blows. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wrong one. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. It's still spring training for me too. Well, how about, how about blow it all up? Who blows? Yeah. Even though we can't tell who's good or bad with so few pitches having been thrown. I do think it's fun to read ridiculously bad numbers. So Matt Schwarmer is an Iowa Cubs guy. And as of right now, he's been in two games and recorded one out while giving up five hits and a dong. His ERA is 81 and his whip is 15. I didn't know whips got to 15. But uh, the next worst ERA is 63 runs better. And the next worst whip would allow... 11 less base runners per inning. <laughs> so, hey, give it up for Schwarmer. I really hope he doesn't get worse. Yeah, he's like calling his mom. He's like, I, this isn't just this isn't going well. Just can I come home? <laughs> you got well, to yeah. Or maybe he has to stop slouching and stand up straight. Yeah, just get, oh, there you stand go. up, Swar- Swarmer. Call call Almora's piano teacher. You know, to go tell him to quit slouching. It's it's probably actually Kyle Schwarber under a fake name. 
No, my name's Matt Smormer. And he's and that's why he's getting just fucking he's just rocked getting he's there. getting rocked out there. Point point he got an out though. Give him the out that he got. There's And it was and it was a strikeout. All right, so there it is. But here's the problem. He hasn't walked anybody. It's all just it's, uh, they're hit. all just lighting him up. <laughs> What's what is the I'm looking it up now. What is it, the player's opposing batting average against him? Is eight thirty three? Oh shit! Yeah, that's. <laughs> I love these like small sample size horrible numbers. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, good stuff. So, um, all right, what else should we? Oh, well, let's talk a little bit about the rotation, and we're kind of running long as per usual, as per midseason form. Yeah, but all right. So Lester blew up in his first start. Right away. So did Q. I mean, I'm not going to make anything of it because everybody's working on stuff. Everybody's, you know, ramping up their velocities. And, and, you know, the hitters are ahead of the pitchers, even though the pitchers are supposed to come two weeks earlier. They're still kind of ahead. Um, So that's what you're kind of looking at with that stuff. Um, Hendricks Hendricks even was low on the gun in his first start. And... (laughs) The ball went backwards once. Yeah, it was so slow. <laughs> but but then he, you know, I, I'm really feeling great things out of Hendricks this year. I think, you know, he's just going to get – and you know I think about Rich Hill. Well, obviously Greg Maddox. But then in, in the current game, Rich Hill's 40. This is going to be Hendricks. You know what I mean? Hendricks should be probably playing if, if the blisters can stay off his fingers until he's 40. Because if you're not throwing hard – it doesn't take as much wear and tear off of him. And I'm I'm really feeling like this is about the time where he's going to come into his own, and I'm going to predict it right now. I think that he's going to – I think that it's going to be really tough to say who's going to get, you know, get the Game 7 start in the World Series this year. Are, are you going to give it to Hendricks or you? Because they're both well-rested because Alec Mills has already pitched four no-hitters. <laughs> You know, <laughs> the, the thing with Kyle Hendricks, and we've talked about it before, is he's kind of gotten a new trainer and he's starting a completely different off-season program because he just has always had a tendency to start off really slow. And so, you know, it, it, it's, you know, he recognizes the issue and he's really trying to kind of do something about it. And, and if he can come out of the gate strong, it's going to make a big difference. Huge. And, and, and that's the thing with Darvish and Pitch Lab. He's trying to do something about his weaknesses. Everybody's trying really hard. And that's the vibe I've felt at spring trading this year. Yeah. You know. I feel like the big thing with Hendricks too, that, you know, it's not necessarily like last year, Hendricks wasn't necessarily bad. He was actually pretty good. The catching isn't great. And you know, the, the right, you know, pitch framing and stuff. And if he's not getting a little help on that end, like he needs that because he's running such a fine line. He really knows how to hit his spots, but if the frame looks bad, then he's not getting calls. And so, well, the that's Cubs something that they're going to have to address. If he falls behind a hitter, then he's that's when he starts getting in trouble. Clearly, yeah. Yeah. Well, when he doesn't get that on the edge, yeah. then he's got to come in a little bit, and that's when guys can hit him. Well, then, then I wonder about the twenty-sixth man being somebody like Josh Fagley. You know who's been out there? He's a veteran catcher. Like maybe he catches Hendricks. Maybe that's something you see more of. Uh, that and also like Wilson's hamstrings last couple of years have given up on him. He's he you know it's he plays with everything he's got, 
And I mean, he's he's running hard even at spring training, and it's and it's kind of like, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing. You could play Wilson other places that he's less likely to get hurt, like you know, Vic, in left Victor field. Victor Caratini worked really well with you, Darvish, right? Maybe Fegley catches Hendricks, Wilson gets the other three, you know, or however however you want to do that. Plays a little. I love left. having three catchers. You know, keep keep Wilson. Uh, you know, well-rested, he can always come off the bench or he can go play first and give uh, Rizzo a break or something. Like, he has other skills as well. Yeah. Like, first base, you know, it's the same fucking job, except you're standing up straight like Almora batting. Yeah. You know, first base, catching, you catch. That's what you do. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel good getting back to the rotation. I'm feeling good about Alec Mills. I think it's Chatwood's job to lose at the end of it. Um, but Mills hasn't given up a hit yet in six innings pitched. And that's kind of how he pitched when he's been up in the big leagues. Like, I don't know why they keep throwing Dwayne Underwood. They want Dwayne Underwood to work out so badly for the last five, six years. Just like they wanted, um, oh, what's his name? The Japanese guy. Who, he's uh, Jen, oh. Jen Ho Zhang. Jen Ho Zhang. <laughs> you know, like they right. really wanted Jen Hotsang to work out. It never has. Like he always looked shitty. Alec Mills has always looked really good when he's come up and pitched. And they don't, nobody thinks very highly of him for some reason. But he's been tight. Like we haven't seen much. I get it. But shit, man, he had a, he gave up no hits against the A's the other day. Back Cubs. I honestly think if somebody is going to be traded to get under that salary cap, it is going to be Quintana. Yeah, that's what I mean. You Then you do get under it, and then you go with somebody like Mills. I don't think, man, Alzali, I don't know if this guy's going to work out because he's one of the other ones, and he just seems very, I don't know, pretty unseasoned. Like he needs to figure something out. About well, they say his spin rate is great and his spin efficiency sucks. Whatever that means. So I guess it's just yeah, you know, it's not moving the right way where it needs to. And I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's going to be the answer. That guy might profile better in the bullpen. And then you look at Chatwood, who was actually great out of the bullpen because he throws hard. And you know he's actually looked good at spring training too. He says he feels great. So maybe you can go with a Mills. Chatwood back end with Alzali as long man and trade your Q. That'd be great. But I think you're going to have to eat money on Q. I don't know. It, it's okay if they have to eat a little bit of money on Q as long as... But that's the whole point of trading him. Right. But as long as... Tech. Right. Like, if they need to get... I think, what what's he getting this year? 10 or 12? Yeah, it's not like much for what he does. You know? Yeah, it's like ten or twelve million. Maybe you don't have and, to money. You probably don't. Maybe you don't. Right. They need to get five million on to get under the cap. And if they trade him at the deadline or something like that, then they eat seven million and they're still under the cap. Yeah, either that or they just add and blow through it and go go and win the World Series, goddammit. So well, either way, I, the thing about this whole Rapsodo stuff, and I am trying to understand it, but honestly, it, it I don't know if you guys ever took physics class in high school, but I did not. I somehow, I thought you had to take it, and I guess most people did, but for some reason they let me out of high school without ever taking physics class. And I feel like I'm back there, and they're like, the X, Y axis, and then, you know, and, you know, it's sometimes I feel like I'm, 
like this whole game is passing me by <laughs> in a way like I'm it's getting away from me as to what people find important and fun about even watching it that you have to know that I do a Cubs podcast and I have a Cubs TV show. You'd think I would care more about this shit, but it's really hard for me to. I just like when a pitch looks cool. <laughs> and if that's okay with everybody, I'm going to keep going with that. Yeah. And you, look, I mean, when that when that ball comes in and drops off the table, that's awesome. It's looking. beautiful, but I don't necessarily care that it was going like, you know, 3,600 spins a second and, you know, or whatever it is. You know, I, I don't even know what, what a spin rate number is. It's <laughs> interesting to hear about all the minutia, but if you really want to dig into it and try to under actually understand it besides just hearing about it, yeah, you got to have a, a a special mind. You, you got to really want to do that. <laughs> you have to at least have taken physics at high school. Is <laughs> what it feels like. Crawley, are you interested in this stuff at all? Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting, but it's one of those things that you know where you talk about some of these guys, like say Tyler Chatwood, and they've been talking about his stuff has been so great for you know the last two years. We've been hearing it, but just hasn't played. You know what I mean? It, it's in and when you look at Kyle Hendricks' stuff, it doesn't look all that impressive. But he's getting guys out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't, you, you never know why Kyle Hendricks is succeeding. You're like, it looks slow, it looks hittable, and they miss. Right, and so for me, it's it's one of those things where I'm I'm looking at this and I'm saying, can he get guys out? You know what I mean? It, it's you remember uh, the funny thing is the Cubs had Greg Maddox and they had uh, Jamie Moyer was another guy mm-hmm. that pitched until he was like 50. You know what I mean? And yeah. he didn't have the greatest stuff, but just yeah, kind of knew how was, to pitch. I think he pitched until he was 46 years old or something like that. I think his last year he might have been 46. I'll look it up. But but you know Chatwood, that's all they've been talking about, all that stuff. You know, and we I don't think anyone here has thought he's been worth the contract. It's really hampered him. Yeah, and if they can figure it out for the last year, and this Rap Soto Pitch Lab shit, uh, you know, really does work out, then I mean, I guess I'm glad that there's. I mean, and I'm cynical about it because I'm like, oh really? They're gonna measure everything and then they're gonna physically change. But hey, I think it's gonna work for some guys and not so much for others. And for the dudes that it works for, hopefully they're on the Cubs. <laughs> so, you know, that's all I could say about it. Um, and, and again, these these this this these type of metrics, I mean, they're they're very you know cutting edge and a lot of things. And we'll see what happens, how it's going to work. Yeah, but- I'm interested to see it play out. I I just wish I I cared about the minutia or the math of it a little bit more. But honestly, my brain scrambles when I see all those numbers and graphs and shit like that. It just does. Um, so there's a couple of guys that have gotten hurt so far. Uh, Brad Wick, that was a weird one. That was last weekend, but we haven't really had a show since then. Uh, he had a heart procedure, which is kind of discon- well, very disconcerting, but I guess it's not as bad as all that. It's like, what, like they fixed a flutter or something? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but he's expected to ramp up soon and get back in there, and we'll start the season likely. I mean, maybe he starts in AAA, and one of these guys that maybe the split contract guy starts up in uh, with the team because Brad Wick might need a little bit of time. Um, and he's somebody that we're kind of counting on uh, at the be- well at the seventh inning, sixth inning. Um, also, a guy that we're all excited about, Manrod. Manny Rodriguez, uh, unfortunately, has a grade two bicep strain, so 
He's the dude that went from single A up to the, well, not the majors yet, but they're high on him. Little so, uh, little fat guy. Yeah, if anybody was wondering, 50 years old was, he was playing when he was 50. That's what Jamie, I thought. Jamie I thought Moyer. And then uh, in 2013, he was trying to make come back as a knuckleballer. <laughs> and then he finally called it quits. Yeah. But he literally at 51 years old was trying to learn to throw a knuckleball so he could come back in. That's beautiful. Yeah, I remember watching Jamie Moyer pitch in his rookie year in 1987. Yeah. Going out 13 yeah. years old. Played 25 years. Jesus. So, and uh, just to be kind of, uh, Theo went on the radio the other day. And, you know, just I'm, I'm optimistic right now at spring training, but... He is Theo was kind of honest the other day in, in his double speaky way uh, when he was talking with uh, Joel Sherman. And I thought this was an interesting quote that I want to put out to you guys. And uh, he says, uh, it puts us in a position in which we have to be very objective about what we have in the middle of the season. If we have a legit World Series contender contender, that is really meaningful. But if you don't, you can't be blind to the realities of the following 18 months. So, in other words, the beginning of the season is actually really important into how the next few years are going to look. And so this is what I told you guys about the white flag trade with the White Sox, is the Cubs could potentially be within a game, you know, two or three games of the first place team, and they may still decide to trade everybody, even though they're still in the race, because of the the, the fact is, is they're going to be 100% honest with themselves this year. And, and let's... They haven't done. You can, never, you can never predict what's going to happen in the postseason, okay? But I'm just telling you, just from the eye test, you know. And I know obviously the Astros cheated and all this stuff. But when you looked at what the Yankees had and you looked at what the Dodgers had, did you really feel that the Cubs were in that tier? So the Cubs have. They're going to have to show it to Theo because he's not going to sit there. I got a feeling that if they're not, I think if they're not at least three games up, four games up in first place. There, there's probably going to be trades that people aren't going well, to like. And what he said was not if we have a legit chance to win the Central. Correct. It was to win the World Series. And, you know, you look at the stacked Dodgers and the, and the Yankees, and like you said, you know, that's who you got to beat to win that. So, I don't know. Like I said, if you can kind of get really, again, if you're ahead in the division and you got that, that gives you the chance then, you know what I mean? But I'm just telling you, if it's a close division or a close race and the Cubs don't feel like it's happening, I think they are going to make moves. I think they're going to make moves anyway, even, even, even regardless. I think they're going to, they're going to see what uh, they the got. The moves I'm talking about are the, the big the time big, moves, the big big ones. Time moves yeah. that you're going to lose players that people are going to be very upset about. Yeah. They will if they play 500 ball like they did last year. They definitely will. So, and uh, the other thing I wanted to say before we uh, get into another topic was, did you guys see the adopt a minor leaguer program that somebody started? Yeah, they're they're I mean, that's uh, it's beautiful that somebody's doing that, and I know that person because I've talked to them uh, over Twitter DMs because I wanted to get a cub for us to adopt, and they don't have any. 
For they have uh, guys from other teams, and I'm like, ah, eh, fuck those guys. <laughs> you know, yeah, but I I both love and hate this. Yeah. at the exact same time. Yeah, it's it's totally this should not have to happen. And also, fans are sending them garbage like Ritz crackers and shit like that. You know, it's just like no, just you know, give them gift cards and stuff. But uh, right, uh, send them, send them, you know, whatever whatever grocery store is near them, send them. But- money for the grocery store yeah just send them money they can go and get food i think i would rather just send the guy like a thousand bucks and be like hey just do what you want with this you know and and that will be about 20 percent of his salary that is paid to him by billionaires that fans are giving up out of the kindness of their hearts so these kids fucking can eat well and pay their goddamn rent Right, and it'll be gone in a weekend because of hookers and blood. Yeah, exactly. But that's but that's okay. It's it's like it's and like karaoke. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's, it's like when you give a, an obviously drunk homeless man five bucks. You're like, you know what, buddy? You fucking need a bottle of something to sleep where you're gonna sleep tonight. So just like you know, and then some other fucking prissy bitch will be like, oh, don't give him money so he can go get drunker. I'm like, fuck you. Don't judge him. Let him sleep under the overpa- underpass drunk. All right. That's just my the way I look at it. Go get yeah. your dime bag and he, fucking. He clearly <laughs> hasn't had enough to pass out. So yeah, exactly. need a little more. You know, and it is true. Once you fall asleep, you could be anywhere. Try it out sometime. <laughs> 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 so uh, I, this is a PSA from the Sun Ranto yeah. show. Well, I've slept some places. I'm surprised I didn't sleep at Kay's place with Crawley the other night in the back room, <laughs> tied up. So um, I, I did. I, I, I don't Now the show is really long, but uh, Keith Law's prospects were out. I don't know if you guys saw that. My takeaway is that out of the top 10, six are pitchers. So rejoice. More than half of Keith Law's prospects on the Cubs are pitchers, but we still have a pretty bottom tier minor leagues right so um one thing i also thought was interesting is he thought braylon marquez kind of profiles as a closer that surprised me i i I don't know about that yeah i mean we're kind of hoping that he was would be a starter but i mean it would be kind of interesting also to have a homegrown closer who'd be around for five six years closing games could be cool um and uh Brennan Davis was number one. So and he's a center fielder. So watch out Ian Happ and watch out uh, uh Albert Almora because there's somebody right behind you only a couple years away. So you're definitely I already said it's kind of looking crowded if both those guys are decent. Uh which yeah, we don't know. But Brennan Davis is right behind him. And uh Nico Horner is number four right now. So but it's still a light system. Um, marquee update, no deal with Comcast still. The big news with the marquee network though, is that it appears there's going to be no streaming deal with YouTube, which is what yeah. everybody was kind of really they dropped. They dropped all their RSNs. They dropped. Yep. Including the yes network and all of that. So the bizarre thing about this whole thing is that it, it, it seems like MLB just made an exclusive deal with Google. Okay. So the question would then be is why wouldn't you be having your regional networks on the on the streaming cuz Google owns Yahoo or YouTube I mean sorry. Yeah. I I think it's because they have such a hard time uh 
with making the algorithm work from a baseball game to an alt-right racist Nazi group. <laughs> I think it's it's really hard. Yeah. So they're just like, you know what? Let's just get rid of the fucking baseball. Yeah, I mean, they, they, don't, they haven't been doing deals because it's Sinclair, who is a known kind of right-wing news owner. Right, so they'll probably get on there. But a lot of people are dro- are dropping RSNs, and it just must not be a, a lucrative business. But again, this was what this is the thing that we feared is that the Cubs would get in on it when the bubble's bursting, and that's exactly what's happening. Um, Sinclair was the only one that was buying up these uh, regional sport networks and hoping to patch, package them all in with some of their other networks. And now it just seems like if you've been watching, uh, Sinclair's stock price has really been dropping. Yeah, well, all the stock prices have been dropping and then going really far up and then dropping really far no, down. No, but this is, this is prior to every all the craziness that's been going on lately. So yeah. it's just from a business standpoint, you know, everybody was going left and they decided to veer right to, you know, not being, you know, pun not intended. But well, but that's that's ultimately going to work out for them, because if they do have all the RSNs at some point, I mean, the fans aren't going away. We all still want to watch it at some point. They're going to find the spot to put them in it. But let's be oh. honest, Michael, take a look at what's happened with the Dodgers. The Dodgers have had one of the best runs. You know, if you take a look going back from like 2016 and, and, and they can, nobody, half the damn city can't watch them. It doesn't matter. They got paid for it. Yeah. So they don't care. No, my, but my point here is if you want to make money, if everybody's dropping all these RSNs and Sinclair's picking them all up, it, then Sinclair's going to have them all, and everybody wants to watch the games. And granted, you got to get them on, uh, you know, some kind of carriage thing. But what's going to happen is there will be some sort of streaming thing besides uh, MLB, or the blackouts will get lifted, or something, and then it's going to start paying off for them. It may not pay off in the same way that they are hoping, but. You're saying they're cornering the market on this kind of thing, but right. But and but the other companies that actually will carry and broadcast the goddamn thing, like Comcast, they're not biting. So well, they may th- not. They may not gonna... bite for your, for one team, right? But, but what if they can get well, them they're all? Not, they're not biting for anybody, right? No. I, I don't see it, right? But uh, I'm okay. I'm I'm so saying if, this. If is I'm a... going to give you the Cubs, right? And I'm going to charge you five dollars, and all you're getting is the Cubs. Then, yeah, maybe we don't want that. But if I'm going to give you all the teams, you know, all the all these, you know, they have maybe whatever they have, fifteen RSNs, and you're like, oh, I can get them all for the five dollars. Okay, well, I'll do that. Then, I mean, the money's still there. It's just not going to be the same. I'm saying that there's a way that they could make this work at a future date if they can hold on long enough and keep it all going. I don't know why Marquee just doesn't make an app and charge us for their app in market. Like, just do it yourself. The standalone, again... It's all the MLB TV stupid bullshit, but if they own all these things, they'll be able to push them to do it. I could see that, like being having some leverage, but either way, it's going to suck when Comcast does not have it and half of Chicago is not seeing it. That's more than half the customers. Agreed. And I, and I think probably a lot of people have switched over because they love the Cubs so much. But 
hey, there's, I mean, it's half of Chicago that won't be able to watch the games. Even some bars won't have the games on. And what, why should fucking, I mean, Comcast has NBC Sports, the channel that Outside the Ivy's on. You know, they've got the White Sox, they've got the Bulls, they've got all the other Chicago teams. Why would they want to take on a property that competes with them directly as well? They're like, okay, well, now let's make the White Sox popular. And that's the problem that you have right now is because, you know, Comcast has a monopoly and it's, it really is unfair business practices, to be honest. All through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. From from Sinclair to MLB TV to Comcast to every one of them, they're all there. They're just shuffling all this shit around and we're just getting all the fans are getting fucked. Shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. One more interruption because you are not a Patreon subscriber. Uh, I just want to say that there are other ways you can support the Sun Ranto show by doing things you do anyway. I understand you might not want another monthly bill coming out of your credit card by subscribing on Patreon. Either that or you love getting the shows late and completely full of ads. I don't know what your deal is. But here's one way you can really help the Sun Ranto show. That's by going to sunranto.com slash shopping and clicking through our shopping links and then we get a little kickback from the companies. You know, it doesn't cost you an extra dime, but we get a little bit of money just for advertising for these people. So uh, the most important one that I think is, I don't know, relevant to uh, Sunranto listeners is StubHub. So if you go to sunranto.com slash shopping or sunranto.com slash StubHub, you will find a link. You click on that link. you It'll take you to StubHub. And then you buy tickets and we get a little bit of money. But there's lots of other links. Here's the other one you probably use all the time, Amazon. We have an Amazon search bar. If you're going to buy stuff on Amazon, remember to go to sunranto.com slash shopping first, search through our search bar, and then you buy this crap you were going to buy on Amazon. You'll see it. It's right there on the left as you go to the webpage. Um, we got lots of stuff. Fanatics for fan gear. MLB shop. If uh, you're looking to, you know, buy one of the new Nike jerseys, buy it from MLB shop. Buy it through us. We get a kickback. Reebok, Zazzle, Bear Mattress, Vibrators, Beer, Sports Memorabilia. I mean, just go check it out. Sunranto.com slash shopping. But uh, really, what I want you to do is become a Patreon subscriber. We're at 98 Patreon subscribers. I've always wanted it to be 100. We've never hit it. We've come close. We lose people because of stuff Michael Cotton says. And then I got to fight fight for it back. So uh, become a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash sunranto. It's easy. It's uh, You get the show early and ad-free. Uh, your own RSS feed that you copy and paste in your favorite podcatcher. And the show comes to you early. So you're never late. You always know what we said. Um, not that that's important, but hey, sunranto.com slash shopping, patreon.com slash sunranto. Do something. Please help help out the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, hey, uh, I mean, it was going fine before you was got here. better. Yeah. Oh, like I was kind of enjoying myself. Things. Now. I'm a little ill. Things are only better for you. Well, things are fabulous for me. I'm telling you, this is the greatest moment of my entire life. <laughs> I've is fallen it, in it... love. Oh. And Whoa. because of me falling in love, I do not care about baseball anymore. I only care about my love. But Oh, hold on. Did, did you... 
Did you ever care about baseball? Now listen. Don't get smart with me, Michael Cotton. I will now only write poems for my lover. So there's no more baseball poems. Uh, w- w- let me just ask, uh, who is Cubstradamus? Hey, Lyle, how's it going? It's going good, buddy. Well, let me tell you about my lover. I like that you just answered a Lyle. He's, I'd say, 80 years old. He's African-American. He wears a Cubs uniform everywhere he goes. He's about five foot ten, sexy as all get out, and uh, he says woo a heck of a lot. Oh. You, hold on, you are in love with Ronnie Woo. Oh, yes, yes, my precious love, Ronnie. You know, Cubstradamus, no offense, but we, we didn't know you were into guys. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, I'm not. What? What? Ro- Ronnie is a woman and so beautiful. What a beautiful woman. Oh, you know what? Just hold on. I, oh, my God. I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, co- just yeah, get you, to your fucking poem. Yeah, come and, on. And just get out of here. Okay. My oh, love my and my heart will be true. My life will be lived just for you. I can't wait for what's next. When we finally have sex, and then you'll have a baby or two, Mr. Woo. All right, good luck getting Ronnie Woo Woo pregnant. Let us know how that goes. Yeah, you called him Mr. Woo. Don't you know it's a woman? Uh, well, can't men get pregnant? It's 2020. Well, either way, come to number I, Why does he keep coming here? I'm. I really feel like we gotta figure out how to not have him be on this show. Maybe we get like VPNs or something. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I'm gonna like maybe uh, I don't know. Fuck with his magic carpet, make him crash into a building or something. Just die. Be you know. Really, that's kind of what we need is him to <laughs> not. I know it's been thousands and thousands of years, but isn't that long enough? He's had a run. So yeah, it's been it's been a run. So uh, let's TFC out of here, huh? We've talked enough Cubs. All right, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really still like I'm I'm disturbed by the by Ronnie Wu. Okay, you know I got to hang on spring training a little bit with the guys from the Heckler, and it's it's it was fun hanging out with them because they've always cracked me up over the years. But uh, they had a, an article a couple days ago. It said. Uh, Angels Joe Madden removes Kyle Hendricks in first inning of spring training game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm still mad at him for that. Game yeah. seven of the World Series. That was stupid. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I got – there's a tweet from SportsCenter. It says, uh, breaking, all sporting events in Italy will take place without fans present for at least the next month due to the coronavirus outbreak in the country. The Italian government announced on Wednesday. And uh, IL-424 <laughs> replied, so now the Rays are going to play in Tampa, Montreal, and Italy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I like that one. I particularly enjoyed uh, baseball prospectuses. Um, Addison Russell uh, page, I guess they're previewing what's going to happen with him this year. He still doesn't have a team. 
but uh, you know they they show his stats and uh, from the last few years, and um, but his projection was listed as the twenty four hour national domestic hotline vi- vi- domestic violence hotline number, and then it goes on to list the number. That's his projection. <laughs> oh God! They fucking they. I mean, that's pretty fierce. Wow. Baseball perspective, but yeah, baseball perspectives. And I guess it's his projections are, and then they just put the domestic violence hotline number. <laughs> and then the other TFC I have, and I'll just go twice, is uh, I couldn't believe when I heard on a home game at spring training that the Cubs played everybody clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands. <laughs> and I'm like this, you know, I know Gary Pressy is now, you know, not playing, not playing for the Cubs anymore. So I'm really hoping they don't replace the organ like they remember the Dixieland guys. We talked about this in an episode or two ago. They're gone. Are they going to? I'm telling you that they are not replacing the organ. I just do not want them to do anything that is telling the crowd what to do. Yeah. I I hate that shit. Coors Field is fucking miserable with it. Holy shit. I hate it. So and anyway, I'm the TFC on that one because I'm like, if you fucking play, clap your hands one more fucking time, I will come over there and I will rip your fucking neck. Right. Without your throat out of your neck is yeah. what I was trying to say. I fucked up the joke. God we're gonna it. have to. We're gonna have to do uh, no wave at Wrigley. No clap your hands at Wrigley. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. So Jordan Bastion writes: Cubs say that you Darvish will indeed throw a three inning simulated game on Friday. Obviously, still have to see how he feels in the AM, but that's the plan as of now. Flu, Darvish. Ble- uh, Bleacher Nation writes, be beautiful. B-E-Y-U-T-I-F-U-L. You, Darvish, responds to Bleacher Nation. Be you to flu. So that was a classic. Yep. I, I That was my other one, too, Crawley. I loved it. Beautiful. Darvish. Fire on Twitter again with the, uh, you know, with the word play. This, to flu. This is the year of Darvish. In all ways, I'm really I'm 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 excited coming back from back from spring training, finally over my hangover from Kay's place, and I, I wake up in a brave new world where the Cubs are going to win the World Series, and if it doesn't look like that, then Theo's going to trade all our favorite players. That's the world we live in, people. That is the state of the Cubs. Um, I guess that's our show, right? Yeah. So- I mean, you don't want to crank out another four hours. <laughs> Yeah, you guys want to talk about the Yelich extension? Spagog! Spagog! <laughs> <laughs> Spagog!
professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.